This is Jennifer Pepita with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today, I'm excited to be talking with my friend, Sarah Ruth Owens. She's on Instagram at Kindle Togetherness about the fall feasts and why people who maybe aren't even Jewish, although she is, celebrate some of the fall feasts, their biblical holidays like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And uh, for our family also, we do Passover. And then the really fun one is like the little harvest festival of Sukkot. And so we're going to talk about why some people celebrate those holidays. I'm sure some of you are curious, like if you've seen people on social media talking about their celebrations and wondering why. And I know sometimes if I do talk about it, I get a little bit of like, why if you're not Jewish? Although legend says I have Jewish ancestry on my Hungarian grandfather's side. So maybe I have a legitimate right. But anyhow, so happy to talk to you today, Sarah Ruth. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited and honored to be here with you. I'm excited too. It's, you know, we, our family several years ago started keeping Passover because we were, I'm going to, I'm probably going to ruffle feathers here, but I'm going to talk about a few things. So we were in this church early, early in our marriage. I don't even think we had kids yet. And the pastor had a guest speaker who started talking about, oh, Easter being named after uh, some kind of pagan goddess named Ishtar, blah, 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 blah. And I don't want to say too much and spoil people who, you know, I want to keep people innocent, as innocent as they are, so they don't have to do this if they don't want to. (laughs) But from then on, we were like, geez, like, I don't know if we can say happy Easter anymore. It just, it was a struggle for us, honestly. And so throughout our years, as a couple. And then, and then later on when we were, when we were going to, when we started doing mission trips as a family, we met this guy who was like, you know, he, I don't think he really kept Jewish feasts, but he really had an issue with what we consider Christian holidays, like Christmas and Easter. And so we got his input too. And my husband's great. He's so balanced. He's never like, he never jumps all in with some of these things, but we did, we did pay attention. And then from that, we decided to make holidays the way we wanted them to be. So, you know, for Christmas, we really love Christmas. It's a cultural holiday. We um, were not sure that Jesus was born around Christmas. We think maybe he was born in the fall, but we still enjoy Christmas as a cultural holiday and an opportunity to sing about Jesus and be excited about Jesus. Um, We also... You know, I will still maybe uh, hide some chocolate Easter eggs or things like that. But we, you know, Passover became our spring holiday of choice. I mean, it has so much to say about Jesus, his sacrifice, what he's done for us. It's very meaningful and, and has been a really sweet holiday for our family. And then there's the fall festivals. And some of these, you have a guide for Rosh Hashanah. But some of these are just, they're so fun. I think that celebrations, the joy of celebrations in a family that's working towards more 
order and more habits for life, more sacred habits, so to speak. The joy of celebrations is that they give us something to look forward to. Like we're trying so hard to have good homeschool days or disciple our children or, you know, have an orderly family. And then there's these beautiful pauses where you think about something different and you, you know, maybe dress up or bake something special. So tell me a little bit about how your family started celebrating some of these festivals. Yeah. Well, before I tell you, I I don't want to lose this thought, but as you were talking about having traditions and having these markers for your families, um, I, I just thought about a little conversation with my six-year-old last month because I typically start to talk about the fall feast about a month or so ahead of time. We're actually in the Jewish month of Elul right now, which is very meaningful for Jewish families and kind of approaching um, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So I was having a conversation with my kids and I was like, you know, we're going to celebrate Rosh Hashanah soon. And my six-year-old piped up and he's like, oh, do I get to wear my glue-in-the-dark pajamas? And I was like, which ones, buddy? And he's like, you know, with the little box where I get all the presents for eight nights. And I was like, nope, wrong Jewish holiday. So (laughs) um, it's just so cute because he was thinking of Hanukkah, but it's like that anticipation as you have the conversations is so, I feel like, so good for kids, like you were saying. And it's kind of funny to watch how their brains assimilate all of it as they get older. (laughs) Try to try to make heads or tails of which holiday are we having? Yeah, that's so fun. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I did grow up in a Jewish family. My grandmother was a primary caregiver for me, and she was Jewish and such a fun person in general, and she really did mark me um, with the way that she chose to celebrate her heritage and her religion and her faith. And I was later, um, as I went to live with another side of my family, my mom's side, I became a a Christian. I realized, oh my gosh, you know, Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that was shown to me as a young child. And when those two pieces came together for me, For many years, I just kind of did it alone. Like I was in evangelical churches um, and I knew like most of them didn't celebrate Passover. I would occasionally find one that did and I'd get really excited Um, and I would participate or maybe help where I could. But as far as the other feasts as a single person or just kind of growing in my faith, I just kind of kept them in my heart. I didn't have a family. I was a young adult. Um, And I would just, I kind of followed along with the Torah portions, which was the readings that a Jewish person would follow along in the first five books of the Bible. And like everybody is doing that together. And then as I had my own family, I was like, I really want my kids to know these things and to see where Jesus is through the whole word of God and that we can be Jewish people who follow a Jewish Messiah who opened the way for the whole world to enjoy his covenant. And so that's kind of where it comes from for us. My husband is just a typical American (laughs) evangelical Christian. Um, Similar to you, Jen, you know, I have some issues personally (laughs) with some of the Easter, you know, 
backstory and even some of the Christmas backstory at times or traditions. And God's kind of taken me on a journey to respect my husband and he loves the Lord passionately and uses these times, just like you were describing, to worship Jesus. That's what he's doing. Um, And so that's kind of how our family does it. We're kind of blended in this way. But as far as the fall feasts are concerned, I do have some family style guides that are for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And they specifically are for families that are just wanting to learn about it, learn the history, but also from the context of, we love Jesus. Like, you know, what is the relevance? Why would we do this too? Is it even for us? You know, and that's kind of where they come from. And that's what's in the guides. Yeah. And there is so much meaning in each one of these holidays. You know, Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of kind of the 10 days of Yom Kippur. And so as we enter that, you know, in, in some, uh, in some, let's see, perspectives, Rosh Hashanah is a day they celebrate the birthday of the world. And so it's all this kind of freshness and you eat apples and honey and there's, all this meaning and symbolism to it that really turns us to thinking about God. And, and then it leads into, you know, Yom Kippur, which is about repentance and understanding that, that we've made mistakes. And, and, and for Jewish people, it's, you know, asking God to actually keep our name written in the book of life. As believers, we, you know, we can turn that and look at Jesus and say, you know, again, thank you so much for what you've done for us in redeeming us and writing our names in your book of life but you know there there is so much meaning to these holidays and so I think we need festivals like I love you know end of the school year parties and end of a book parties and uh, you know for sure everything around uh, Christmas I love these holiday celebrations because of the way they just create a pause like life can get boring and I think that's one of the reasons that winter sometimes can be so hard for families is like you get through Christmas and all the celebration you're exhausted from that and then you have to go into these several months of like nothing really new happening in nature and um, nothing to celebrate and it's you know and and in that case I mean we will we'll bake a president's day cake or we'll (laughs) we'll have a valentine's party just because we know that we need those celebratory pauses to help us have the energy to keep going with the good daily routines routines that we're working on. Absolutely. Yeah. And even thinking about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, um, it's interesting for families that, you know, are Christian families. And this is, you can spend multiple podcasts discussing this, but the simple thing is the spring feasts have been fulfilled in Jesus. Like all the prophetic things that the word talks about through those feasts, Jesus has come and lived those things. You know, he is our Passover lamb. Um, You know, so he, you know, he has fulfilled those, but in the fall feast, we are waiting with great anticipation for him to come back and return. And, you know, we're talking about Rosh Hashanah specifically because it's coming up. It's going to sundown on the 15th, I believe. Yes. Is um, the first night of Rosh Hashanah. And that is the feast of trumpets is how many would refer to it. And so you, do you guys blow a shofar? 
Yeah, we have one from Israel. <laughs> See, you, it's so exciting, right? Like we blow this show far. And it's like something stirs inside of me, you know, and my kids, it's a party for them. You know, they're running around blowing their show far. I try to teach them the, the different calls, but you know, what, when, when is that in the word of God? When do we, what are we waiting on? We're waiting on the Trump to blow, right? With great anticipation. Um, so I don't know. There's something in my spirit that really connects with the prophetic side of this. And I think it's so good to instruct our children about it. Like, hey, we are waiting. Like we are waiting. We're celebrating today what God has done. We're celebrating the creation of the world and we're acknowledging him as the king over all the earth. But we're also waiting on the Trump to blow. We're excited about what Jesus is coming back to do. And you mentioned yeah. Yom Kippur, you know, for us as believers, there's going to be a white throne judgment. There's going to be a Bema seat. You know, are we using our days wisely? These are the conversations I have around the table with my boys. Like, this is why we live accountable to God for our choices, you know? Um, and Sukkot is the wedding feast of the Lamb. You know, all the nations are coming to have a party with Jesus, everyone who's ever believed in him. So anyway, I just get really excited. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things that keeps people from doing this, like we introduce these holidays to families in the Precious People World History curriculum because we spend a, a month on kind of ancient history in Israel culture, biblical culture. And so we incorporate a celebration of these in the precious people. And we want families to be playful about it. But I think that, you know, some many of us have known families, you know, I have some friends who are messianic Jews, or they are, um, they are biblical they, they would call themselves biblical Christians, or there's different ways that people define themselves. But basically, they are um, not Jewish by heritage, but they have chosen to adopt pretty much all Old Testament as much as they can. They adopt Old Testament laws and customs in their home. Like they're very serious about the Sabbath, which I think is a beautiful tradition. They're they're um, in their clothing. They, you know, some of them wear tassels on their clothes and things like that. And so I think that can sometimes make those of us who are like myself, where I, you know, I, in our theology and my husband and I's theology, we believe that what Jesus did on the cross restored us to before the law, to, um, to the garden of Eden, where God was walking with Adam and guiding him as he went. And, you know, it says that he'll, he'll put his laws on our hearts. So for my husband and I, we actually don't keep many things as a, um, Anything that we do to obey God in our family is just a, a gift of love because we believe in um, a new covenant. But there are families who who really, you know, they believe that they are honoring God in a more pure way by, you know, keeping the feast on exactly the right days or wearing certain clothes or things like that. And really with with the restoration home philosophy, we want families to for sure, go for it. Like if you, if this is what God's laid on your heart, go ahead, celebrate it to the, you know, get it exactly right. If that's what you feel is glorifying to God in your family, um, or don't celebrate it all. If that's what you feel is glorifying to God, you know, one of the areas of, it might be Christian Liberty. It might not. I don't really know. Like our family doesn't celebrate Halloween. We, 
we pretty much never have. And that's where something like Sukkot is fun for us. But I don't judge other families if they do, because we're all going to answer to God ourselves. And so I think, uh, you know, this is one of the things I'm really passionate about is families figuring out exactly what God has called them to and doing their best to follow it. But don't worry, you know, if you're, I think that the danger, you know, we, we watch shiny, happy people. We talked about it a little bit on this podcast. I think the danger is when you get into a situation where you let some other person tell you how to interpret the Bible and then you start, you know, maybe even making your family uncomfortable in an ungodly way because of listening to somebody else's interpretation of scripture. I think that each of us has to answer to God on our own. And so going to the scriptures, figuring out for your family, what is going to be your family values and your family vision, instead of letting a man stand between you and God and interpreting how to celebrate, whether it's keeping Christian holidays or keeping biblical holidays or whatever. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the same boat on Halloween. And, (laughs) um, but I do love what you said. You know, I, I think of faith as a journey and I think of holidays similarly, like I don't celebrate things identically to the way that I did eight, 10 years ago. And for me, it's like part of my faith journey and part of our faith journey as a family. We add traditions. We take away things on certain years that just don't work anymore or we didn't have time for, you know. And um, there's the scripture, Jen, that just always helps me in these conversations when we're talking about the freedom that families have and like being very conscientious when it comes to things that might lean towards, for lack of a better word, legalism. Um, In Philippians 2, it talks about, it says, um, 2.12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that's kind of, to me, what you're talking about, like, these things can be beautiful and a blessing, but don't let them become a negative, right? <laughs> like, right. statute to obey, unless that's freedom for you. And then I suppose if that's freedom for your family, then awesome. But it should remain, for sure. remain a blessing. Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, it, it's interesting because in, you know, in the first series of podcasts with Restoration Home, we were talking about the Benedictine rule and the Benedictines had a rule of life, which helped create a culture. And so I do think it's important to, you know, for families to have a rule of life and also have a culture. Like we went and visited one of these messianic cultures in Missouri and it was, it was really beautiful. I mean, they, they got together and did barn raisings and they had this really, uh, godly set of values and there was a lot of beauty in it but it just it wasn't it wasn't for our family and so I think it is important to develop a community around your values and you know have values but also being careful and being wise to say you know we're going to protect our own family you know sovereignty in a sense because I think that is something that happened with people who followed Bill Gothard is that they let Bill Gothard dictate very small details of their family, very extra biblical details of their own family life. And and then you have all these kids who've grown up and they're bitter towards Bill Gothard, but also bitter towards their parents for not protecting them from extra biblical rules. Like you have to have your hair a certain length or things like that. And, and for sure, 
I mean, the, the scriptures are wide and deep, and there is a lot of different ways that Christians interpret scripture. And so I don't want to diminish or underappreciate that some families are going to have a deep conviction about something that we don't have a conviction about. And, and I honor them for having a deep conviction. And I hope that we can still love each other, even though it's not the same. 100%. 100%. It is, it is a great, like, value for me that my sons know these feasts and it's not, it's kind of a non-negotiable, you know, and my husband and I both agree that there's so much value in them, but I've never thought anybody was less of a believer (laughs) or less of a disciple of Jesus because they haven't yet discovered them or felt comfortable or even wanted, maybe they set them aside. And I'm not sure that the word tells us, you know, one way or the other, what is required. And and for me, and people can feel free to disagree, but I do really feel like God initially gave these to the Jewish people. And so there's like a special delineation there, like maybe as a Jewish person of specific Jewish heritage that I'm aware of, that I feel more strongly convicted to hold to these things, you know, versus like somebody who is walking, you know, from another background. And so they're going to maybe hold to certain things their parents taught them um, that still are, you know, they have freedom within the word of God to continue in those traditions. So. Yeah, I love that. So if you're a family who's curious about these holidays and you'd love to celebrate them, we're going to link a couple of blog posts, one of them written by Sarah Ruth and another by a friend who lives in Galilee, Israel. And then also we'll link Sarah Ruth's website so you can check out her Jewish or um, biblical feast guides. For sure, I hope that you as a family will create some traditions, whether it's celebrating biblical feasts, whether it's having special fall or um, winter holidays that you make up for your own family, whatever it is, I think having these special holidays and these pauses are such a beautiful way of incorporating more balance and joy and tradition into your home as you raise your children. Thanks for joining Sarah Ruth. I loved learning from you. Thank you, Jen. 